myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hello and welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. This week, I have a really fun guest for you. It's LaTanya Davison, host of the Mental Speak Radio on the Fishbowl Radio Network. It's an internet radio station. You can look at a Fishbowl Radio. She, When we were doing this episode, we were recording her show, usually airs at Sundays from 5 to 7. It is moving to Wednesday nights at 5 p.m. Central Time. Check it out. It is a really cool show. She is a sociology major, so she has a lot of real insight into why th- we do the things we do, like the mannerisms behind certain things, why you reveal certain items and then don't reveal others. It was a really interesting deep dive into society as a whole. And we had a fun conversation about comedy and be- her being a mom of four. And then we get into her fear of night crawlers, where at night you just, you may not even know what kind of bug it is, but you can see there is a bug. And, or the moment when you turn on a light and boom, it's in your grill. So we have a real fun conversation about that. And she is a Navy woman. She was with the Navy for over 10 years. So you would think someone with a military background would have a way to deal with with these bugs but we find out in this interview that may not be the case so let's get into my interview with Latanya Davison we are here with friend comedian and internet radio sensation Latanya Davison host of the mental speak radio show from five to seven on Sundays on the fishbowl radio network Latanya how are you doing today I'm doing okay, Ryan. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad glad to be here with you. You do amazing work. I love your radio show. I just discovered it recently. I've listened in on a couple episodes and I really I really love it. It's it's very much a radio show where you look at society as a whole. It's a soci- if you are a fan of sociology and deep dive into kind of how the the mannerisms of society and how certain things are presented this uh, it kind of pulls back the curtain on that like your episode about politics and how spin is used on both sides and it's something that i've always thought the same time is you know we're so angry as people whether we be on the left or the right but at the end of the day these guys all go to the same steakhouse and and share a table and, Come on! I mean, so if why are we so angry? Why are we at each other's throat if these dudes <laughs> are literally, you know what? We're gonna have let's you come over to my house for dinner, okay? Right, right, yeah. Can we even be mad at them though? Because it's genius. It's a genius setup. Yeah, like dude, let's go. Let's like make them think we hate each other. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's not even that. It's almost like a dysfunctional family. Like we have, I feel like we have that in our family dynamics. Everybody has that cousin that we're all sweet, nice to, and stuff. And that's like, can you believe him? Can you believe who he brought to this barbecue? <sighs> yeah. All these years, he's just, been, you know, yeah. Everybody's got like this, this hate for this one person, but behind the scenes, yeah, they're shaking hands and 
making money together. Yeah. It's very fascinating. I love the, uh, what was it? The, uh, I can't remember the theory name you, you were put on there. It was, uh, was it this? So from this past Sunday? Yes. Ryan, I purge. I leave the studio and I purge. So if you if you, <laughs> <laughs> if you can remember, let me know. It was something like, I uh, can't remember, but it basically was, we show you, we basically make you upset about this. and The, di- ah, the dialectic. Yes, that is it. Yes, I, I give you two separate opposing sides and then I give you all the principles of it and I make you a, a believer and then you'll fight for it indefinitely. So so they'll battle each other, you know, back and forth forever. And yeah. like you said, the, the people behind it know, they know that both sides are true. You mm-hmm. know, there's truth in everything. And so they'll, they'll sit back and let you duke it out for the truth, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, uh, yeah. And, and it comes from such a well-educated background. You've you're a, you've got a master's in sociology, social work, as well as what fourteen years in the Navy as far as yeah. a veteran. So you've you've approached this from all sides of life, as well as a mom. You know that you have. Yeah, man. <laughs> do you use your sociology degree on your kids? Like, do you just the hive mind? Like, you know, if I just. Nope. I'm not allowed. Number one, I'm not allowed. And number two, I have no idea what I'm doing as a mom. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. I'm learning as I go. I literally just go through the motions. <laughs> it's I, reactive. Yeah, I feel, but that's almost every parent. I feel like it's a, it's a, it's, it's a lot of what your mom, you know, dad instilled in you, but also kind of, you kind of omit the things you don't didn't like as much and you try to try different angles on those things. So if you didn't like a certain right. punishment, you don't inflict that punishment. But what if I tried this yeah. instead? Yeah. And I think maybe that's how we like evolve and perfect ourselves. Right. Because as a social worker, um, I'm, I'm a therapist with, with families who have, you know, teenagers and that's what I'm telling them. I'm like, look, that old school way doesn't work on mm-hmm. generation Z. Generation Z is not doing do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Well, Generation Z is too busy looking at their iPads to see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, they have the internet right at their hands, so you can't BS them. You know what I mean? Like, back when I was coming up, like, you had to go look at the encyclopedia, mm-hmm. which probably didn't have all the information in it anyway, and you weren't <laughs> taking the time to go pull a book out. These fools can, like, go right to Google. Mm-hmm. And, and tell you what's what. So it's almost like you don't even have much power as a parent because they know more than you. Yeah. They know more than you and they know how to circumnavigate. Like they know how to, like when we were kids, you could program things to lock kids out and it just didn't work. You had a parental lock. Now kids can be like, oh, I can, I know your passcode, da 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 and unlock. And then, oh, there she comes. Put the, put the lock back on. Exactly. And I, you know, with a 14, I'm a 15 year old son, like he, he's a whole other creature from me. You know what I mean? Like I get the teenager part, but like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lady and I, you know, I was a teenage girl, obviously. And so, uh, I don't, I don't get boys. I really don't. I mean, they're really simple, but I don't get them. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think it comes from a, a, Men or are hunter gather so they they process things very 
very i would say almost physically and whereas yes. women women are feeling and because they have to raise the young basically they're empathetic and so they have more they reach out more with feeling than exactly exactly i asked him for a hug well today <laughs> i was like do you need anything he's like i need two notebooks and some flashcards. i was like do you need a hug he's like no <laughs> like okay I do. <laughs> yeah. So guess what? Mom needs a hug. Give mom a hug. Mom needs a mom needs a hug. I, I just I hug a hug in my heart. I hug in my heart, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's how men are. It's very much we're very much situation based. Like how do we get out of this situation? Yes. Whereas women are I need to feel this, I need to think this through because Yes. I feel like it's also product of your environment. Look at the toys that kid that boys are play with. I'll send you a photo yeah. of, a bat, of a bunny battleship game cover from like 1957 where it says <laughs> it says fun for the whole family and dad and son are at the at the dinner table playing battleship and in the background you see mom and daughter doing the dishes just smiling but that's that's how society is as as a as a woman you're you're taught to you know play with dolls raise families exactly. and nurture with men you're taught to conquer you know, beat this game, play it, you know, war, you know, cow, cowboys, you know, army men, whatever. It's always yeah. conflict. You know, you win. Always conflict. slay the dragon. Yeah. You know, that's what you guys are supposed to do every day. Get up, eat, go slay dragons, come home and eat a steak. I will say it has gotten a lot different, though, from when I was a kid. I'm 43. And so seeing some of the concepts and things like that, like it is, it's getting better. It's a, it's a very slow process. And that's, I would say the one thing that generation Z may, I feel like I see them struggle with is because of technology, there's a lot of instant gratification. Yes. Yes. And then there's a lot of frustration when there's not instant gratification. And so you're seeing a lot of these younger people, like, I don't understand why this is still a problem three months it, this has been a problem for the since the dawn of time though it's it, it's gotten better incrementally but there's still society issues and it just it's one of those things the generation y just doesn't understand at all we don't get it it's kind of a you know it's interesting i i feel like those are the kinds of things because you know that the ego is about survival, right? Mm -hmm. this, the ego is the self. It's about survival. And so let's say somebody likes My Little Ponies. Mm -hmm. Their self has determined, I like My Little Ponies. But in order to get resources as a human, if the group doesn't like My Little Pony, you got to attach to the group. It's all mm -hmm. about attachment, right? Yeah. But, and not being abandoned, not being left out of the tribe. And so you can't like My Little Ponies if you want to connect with the tribe, but there's a, the cool thing about it is when you're, I think about when you hit your thirties, you think back and you're like, no, I never did stop liking my little ponies. Mm -hmm. You know, I was yeah. just trying to connect with the tribe. Yeah. And, and it's an important, I think detaching from those things and then you come and find it again, that's growth. Yeah. You know what I mean? You learn because now I can say I'm 42 yeah. years old. Like, I like what I like and I don't give a dang if you don't, <laughs> you don't yeah. care, you know? Yeah. I just didn't want the, the feeling, you know, that rest, that inner turmoil feeling of in the wrong, 
you know, that kind of thing. What I had, which is that something's wrong with me because the the tribe doesn't, as you call it, the tribe didn't like me. And so yeah. that's the only thing I don't like about that. And I was a very isolated kid because of that. So I was able to survive without a tribe. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there are some, you know, like I said, there are some downsides and benefits. I don't have those kind of close connections I've mm-hmm. with people mm-hmm. now that I could have had. And I just, I've, I feel like there's a balance between that and it's, you know, don't let them take who you are. Yeah. Yeah. But you, do you think that, because I was the same way I, I could, I could attach to different tribes, mm-hmm. but once I would get into that tribe, I would realize how different I was. And I think, and I don't know if this is true for you, but for comedy, it's because I was an outsider, because I could observe, mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't particularly ta- attached to any tribe. Um, that's what contributes to my comedy. Cause I can sit back and watch everybody mm-hmm. and look at all their absurdities, you know, which I think is also what I do with the show. I sit back and I'm looking at all, but I'm, you know, I'm including myself. I'm not holding myself above anyone else, but I'm like, look at how absurd we are. Look at the things that we do individually and collectively, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that we put that in comedy. We put it in a joke. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But yours is self-deprecating. <laughs> well, because I was yeah. made fun of so much that it just, you know, when you someone made fun of you in a good way, it was always, you always, it always made you laugh and at some point because you get beat up on so much, you feel like sometimes that's your reality because I was made fun of growing up all my life because I had some, you know, some difficulties learning and socializing that at some point you do think it's you and you, yeah. And that's where all my jokes and stuff come from is that it's me. And so I would make fun of me because that's what the, that's what everybody else did growing up. Yeah, yeah. But I've kind of discovered some things on those, and so I kind of reached a balance. And it's one of those things when when you start comedy, I call it the facet of this is your high school fantasy as a comic. This is your high school fantasy. You're now the cool kid. Everybody's listening to you. Yes. And so the early times of comedy is their personification. Let's get this pronunciation. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. personification of what they think a cool person is. And so it's an artificial, uncomfortable, fake confidence that they put up there and everybody can see through it. And that's why nobody laughs because you can tell the inauthenticity of it. And that is where I think you, once you start realizing that it's not you and you start embracing maybe that you're not cool and start telling them things, not cool stories that happen to you, all of a sudden the audience connects with you and you start getting laughs. You don't know what you did different because you're still just telling a story, but because you're actually telling something and it's authentic and you're embracing the fact. Yes. So to go back to your mental speak, you're seeking the truth. Yes. Yes. That's the truth. The truth to me, I mean, the universe is, is truth, right? Anybody's experience is, is truth, but we get away from the truth based on like when things happen to us, you know what I mean? Things happen to us and depending on, um, we have these mental filters and it just separates us from what's real, 
I think, you know, it, it separates us from the original event. And so what I hope to do is get us as close to the original event as it was told, mm-hmm. you know, as it was documented. Um, and and then we can kind of make sense and get a little bit of logic behind it and then remove our emotional reaction to it. We're like, okay, it just is what it is. It happened. But if it was something that someone did intending to harm us, yeah. then we got to deal with it. We got to figure out how are we going to move forward when we find out, hey, some, you know, people don't, they'll say, oh, you're conspiracy theorists. Well, what if the information was actually, is actually the truth that yeah. that event happened as documented and the intention was to hurt you? Well, if you reject it, now whatever the harm is, is going to live on. Yeah. So let's examine it. Let's look at what the what the records say the event mm-hmm. was. Let's examine it. Yeah. Let's and then uh, Yeah. Let's you know? not assume then, either way. Let's not assume either way. Let's let's, not assume. Yes. And and that's the balance of it. That's that's what I hope the balance of the show is. I tell people, look, what I'm saying, I don't know if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. I don't. And I'm telling you, don't hang your hat on it. But you need to know that it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And if it is, what can you do about that possibility? Correct. You see, yeah. we're just breaking through um, the illusion that everything is all right. <laughs> I think that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So when did you start that? Like, when did you, I guess, come up with the concept of doing this show? So December 2017 was the very first show uh, just before Christmas. No, actually, it was December 1st. Uh, and... Uh, people, you know, I had start. I've been doing comedy since 2015, and I realized that the more you're looking for that truth through comedy, I was like, man, we could we could put comedy together plus my social work background, my sociology background, put it all together, kind of laugh at it, explore it, and then the concept just it's been evolving and unfolding as I as I've been doing the show since then. Um, but the intention has always been. Man, I think we're all a little nutty as a collective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all we're all off. But that's what a collective yeah. is. Like every audience, like we call, uh, you know, I hate to say this, but you know, the state the the uh, is audiences are dumb. But there is like you there there <laughs> when you're in a group of people and someone yells fire, yes. and yes, and does nobody just gets up and looks and says, "Hey, I don't see a fire." We're good. Right. Everybody right. sprints, you know, just tramples yes. people left and right for survival. Yes. But then there's the people that go, there's the people now that go, there's a fire. You know what I mean? You're like, no, dude, there's seriously a fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I'm saying it's like the audience, like there's such a, it's such a, it's some, it goes simplified. There's a simplified yes. message that as, as a leader, you have to be able to connect with those people. And that's something, you know, that public speakers and politicians have down is they have a way of talking to a group of people and getting that hive mind to get that, you know, that, I guess, tribe, if you will, that tribal connection. Exactly. Exactly. And if I could. Exactly. And it's a collective ego is mm-hmm. what, you know, sociology would say it. We have a collective self. There's a there's a. All of us are a part of that mind together and they're yelling fire when they need to yell fire, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. I got you covered. You're safe. You're safe with me. Just, just come on, 
I got you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Here we come. It, it works. <laughs> and I want to watch that Apple TV documentary about the the boys, boy state or whatever. Where it's these, all these kids that are going to be politicians. It's like a documentary of this Texas thing that gets them ready for politics. Oh, man. And it's like a summer camp for politi- uh, young politicians and how they just do speeches. And I'm fascinated. I'm just fascinated. That's my point right there. That's the, that's what I'm talking about. That's that would be considered conspiracy conspiring mm-hmm. to teach your children how to manipulate other people yeah. and how to tap into their collective mind is harmful. It can, yeah? it can be used for good or evil. It can be. Unfortunately, yeah. when it comes to, it, it becomes monetary. And so, yeah, Though good or evil kind of takes a wayside to profit because it could be good at the start, but then as more money comes in, then it just kind of slowly, well, we've already got it. What's the harm? And it's just super fascinating. Like I could spend hours just talking about this stuff. And that's that's one thing I loved about your show is I was like, wow, they really do get into like the collective and the, yeah that this is something that society, you know, it's not just politicians that do this other, you know, ministers and everybody else kind of mm-hmm. taps into that hive. Exactly. Where this, uh, this coming Sunday, uh, after everything that's happened in, uh, Wisconsin, uh, now I'm not going to Debbie, Debbie down the show, mm-hmm. but it, and I think this is a, a positive thing, but we're having, uh, two more police officers who come to the show and we're going to talk about, you know, this, the collective mind when something happens, uh, you know, on national TV, when there's something like a shooting and our mind immediately will go, one end is like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. This should not have happened. And then the other side is like, you know, it was righteous. It should have happened. And finding that middle ground. Mm -hmm. That's again, all I'm trying to do is go in between the two sides of the dialectic get yeah. right in between it and say hey maybe there's a little bit of truth over here there's a little bit of truth over here mm-hmm. but what we've got to do is we can't let we can't let our emotions mm-hmm. um override logic yeah the moment your emotions override logic you're done you shouldn't do anything with emotion or anger can't, most not, no sir yeah and anger is the one that emotion the mostly is what I believe most of the media and stuff kind of anger and fear is the words that I feel like when I watch a news station, like I try to avoid them for the most part, just because I just find myself getting wound up for something. And I'm like, wait a second, what is this doing for me? What, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what is, you know, Joe Biden saying this really doing about my income, my lifestyle, nothing that part you don't think you're enraged ryan you don't think like like in your comedy is there do you think that you have an inner rage you know from childhood and things like that oh i I definitely do have an inner rage from being bullied and 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 i guess suppressed by everybody because i'm short in stature and always been small so yeah i always feel like i've never been able to have a real outlet for my anger and so yes it does come out in my comedy but I also, also, I would say I have a logic to it is that you can't, 
it's if this was such a bad deal, I don't think we would take this long to do it. Like, I don't yeah. think I'll I'll give an example with what I believe in the Trump Trump impeachment. We're going to impeach him. Yes. We're get it. Why do we need why do we need an hourly update on where we are in this? It's either going to happen, <laughs> you know, why are you giving yeah. an hourly update to just try to incite you even more anger or on the fo- if you listen to Fox's side, like how outrageous is it that they're trying to impeach this president? You know, like, yes, I used to work in an office where they had Fox News on one TV and MSNBC on the other. And it literally at some point you could hear it sounded like they were arguing with each other like it could. Because they'd be talking about the same thing. Like, no, it's not. Yes, it is. It's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. And all you got to do is just put an ideal to it. You All you have to do is, based on what you're saying, you attach it to a person, a place, a situation, and a color. Like, you know, I, I talked on Sunday. I don't know if you saw it, but I was talking about that that color frequency, right? Mm-hmm. You you put it to red or you put it to blue. and And humans are like, you know... You know, like the little monkey when they're trying to train the little monkey to, to, to play with the blocks or whatever, like they teach it colors and, you know, and then they'll teach it a shape. So you attach the shape to the color and then the monkey learns eventually, oh, okay, I manipulate this shape and it goes in the, you know, and this, it's the same thing with the news. If you're watching Fox, you're dealing with red, Mm -hmm. you're dealing with a certain set of ideals and it plugs in like this, right? Mm -hmm. And and then they put a face to it and you're forever connected with that. And you don't change it until you die in some yeah. cases, right? Like, I was born red, I'm staying red. Well, you know? I was born in a red family and I'm, I am fiscally conservative would be what I call myself. Fiscally conservative, but socially liberal. Because yes. yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to waste all my tax dollars on a lot of different things, but at the same time, yeah. I don't really care about gay marriage to the point that it's a political stance for me. I think they should be able to get married. What's the big deal? I don't understand why you feel like if somebody wants something, all of a sudden you have to do everything in your power to take it from them. It doesn't make sense. It's a, it's a big brother mentality. It's all of a sudden a little brother wants something and you've got it. So you don't want little brother to have it. So you're going to. Yes. And, 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 and it goes back to what we said about tribe. Mm-hmm. Why do I need this collective of people to accept what I want to do? If I, you know, and this is what I say to people that want political channels to handle their social connection. So in other words, I can't tell gay people what to want, but I would say your soul connection, your, your decision to be a partner with someone who is the same sex and that makes you feel okay does not need to be validated by this group, by this blue, mm-hmm. by this political, you know, um, it, whether they ever gave you the laws or not, but there's something about, we want the law, mm-hmm. the law, if it validates what we want to do as, as people, then it's really real. It's yeah. really true. Instead of the action actually making it validated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just doing it validates it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of those things where I feel like it sh- it shouldn't have been an issue to begin with. I don't right. If we're the land of the free, why is it? Why are we all of a sudden against it? Why is it even a discussion? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I understand that there are some religious beliefs that you know that argue against it, but also <laughs> you know they all 
they also want you, you know, judge not lest you be yeah. judged. And, yeah. Yes. And if you're, if you're acute, you know, saying that it's wrong, then you're already passing judgment. I, every day in my line of work, I deal with thought. That's really all I deal with. I deal with, um, you know, as a therapist, if people are thinking in a linear manner or logical manner, um, I'm assessing, are you thinking logically? Are you thinking delusionally? Right. Is, and so everything is a thought. It starts with a thought before you ever act. And so again, it goes back to me. If you've already done it, Mm -hmm. the judgment comes after the fact, but it's already done. So it's the truth. (laughs) That's, That's all I can say. And that's when I say, I teach my, my, my patients and my clients, it is what it is. If it's already done and you add judgment to it, that's where a lot of people get caught up. That's where people get depressed and anxious mm-hmm. because they have to add all this judgment to what they've done. You know, should I have done it? All you need to measure is the outcome. Are you happy with the outcome of your actions? That's it. Yeah. Are you happy? You know, sort of. Are you okay? Yes. Yeah. I am okay. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> so since we're doing I'm doing a podcast here and my podcast is basically kind of almost a sociological experiment. It's more it's more just yeah. fun, but it's based on fear and I always love talking to people about what they're afraid of. And yours is quite specific. <laughs> so go ahead and tell my listeners all however many there are. What is your fear, Latanya Davison? I am super, super afraid of, first of all, pretty much all insects, mm-hmm. all insects, but particularly if, if it's in the dark, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm probably going to have a, a, a panic attack. <laughs> so I will tell you the title of your episode when you told me this, I was going to yes. big ballers, shot callers, night crawlers. I love it. Night crawlers. Because that's. Yes. Because that's what they are, and it could be any bug, because you don't know it's in the dead of night, and all you know is you feel something, and or if you see... It's you, a rat. Or if you even see it. So when did when do you think this fear started? Has this been since, like, childhood? Early childhood. Early childhood. I, you, you know, okay, remember when you were little, mm-hmm. and you'd be in your room, and there'd be a spider in the corner? Mm-hmm. And you run out of the room to go get a broom or whatever it is because, you you know, you're going to hit the spider. You go to get your mom or whatever. And you come back in the room. And it's gone. <laughs> I'm not sleeping in that. First of all, if I am sleeping in my room because my mom's not letting me sleep on the couch, I'm <laughs> the whole time traumatized and picturing and then when I was little, like, I think they had arachnophobia and then they had like attack of the space sp- spiders or something like that. So I already have like these delusions of big spiders crawling out and eating me. And and so, I, you know, I'm laying in bed and all I could picture is the spider falling on me in the middle of the night. So I would say that's about where it started. Okay. And anything flying outside would freak me out. And I haven't overcome it. It's been 40, 40 plus years. <laughs> So funny you say that. One of my friends, uh, she does like the silks where they do the aerial stuff with the. And I told her, I was like, that's kind of 
scary because again like it's almost like that batman begins like he sees the bat when they're spinning around i'm like that's also like a spider like when they slide down that like uh-uh uh-oh girl nope, nope. Get, out, get out of here with your commitment spider uh-uh not not ready and i've been working on it i've been working on it like uh you know they say like you can't kill a spider because if you kill a spider in your house it's like eastern concept is bad luck to kill a spider. So I've been working on not killing the spiders. If I see them, if, unless it's a wolf spider or a brown recluse, of course it's, it's going to die, but yeah, I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Still no joy. So it's bad luck. It's probably, I guess I can blame spiders. for The reason I live in this one bedroom apartment. That's, that's, that, <laughs> that good to know all those spiders. I kill when I was like nine or 10 years old. No, you can't, you can't kill them, man. Touche, spiders. Touche. You got me. You got me. I'm in yep. a one-bedroom apartment with no spiders, but still a one-bedroom apartment. So it didn't help when I moved. So, I, you know, I went in the Navy, and uh, my first duty station was Jacksonville, Florida. And Florida has roaches, like, yay, about... Mm-hmm. They call them water bugs, uh-huh. okay? This is, this is the fancy people's way of reducing the roach... Right. I don't, do they do that in Texas? They call them water bugs here too. Only if they're on the water. I think they call the roach once they once they once, yeah, once they enter the yeah. house. They're a roach. They're roach, right? You know, you know, people in Florida, they they're they're fancy, well-to-do people there in Florida. You know, so they call them water bugs. But these things at night, if they're in your house and you walk by them, they fly at you mm-hmm. like kamikazes. And you hear their wings, like you hear, and then they, they hit you and you literally die a thousand deaths. Like it's, it's, I'm telling you, it did not help me. It took my phobia up a whole other level. So I, I haven't recovered. I have, I have not recovered. I don't know if I'm ever going to be cured from this, Ryan. (laughs) It's like, I probably need therapy. I need my own therapy. Don't y'all, are y'all, I don't know if y'all are supposed to have one of those, like as a. Yes. Your you, therapist needs a therapist. Because you, you have to. Unload. If your therapist doesn't go to therapy, then, then fire them. It's like in the inside the biz. <laughs> cool, right? I just but gave I, you guys a little. Yeah, I just, I just had always heard that. I was like, I think they have to have their own therapist just so that they don't have their problems plus their clients' problems. And exactly. It, and it just becomes too much. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I understand phobia is better now because of my own phobia, you know, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't know, man. I think, I think I'm, I think we're wired to, to not like bugs. So I think I might be okay. I think, I think I'm in the norm. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we're, we're wired to not like them or if it's just something that we've genetically, because at some point, if you look at ancient cultures, they ate bugs. Like some, you know, they eat crickets and things like that. So I wonder if Eastern, you know, Eastern culture, when they moved out here, had an aversion for bugs and they started seeing them as pests once they started building their homes instead of it being some part of the land. So as soon as I would say the Europeans, you know, came in, started building their houses, then they became pests. I would say that probably Native Americans, Mayans yeah. would yeah. see them as part of the land and either 
possibly even in some instances I know in uh, Egypt they're revered. Like the beetle, yes. the scarab beetle and stuff like that. Or Scarab beetle. I have a scarab beetle tattoo. Believe <laughs> the, the irony. <laughs> How are you afraid? The irony. <laughs> and it's beetles that get me. I was telling you the other night, I was sitting outside when you asked me about my phobia and I'm sitting outside and I have those, uh, I have those uh, sails, they're wind sails mm-hmm. over my backyard and these beetles they tap, 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 tap. You can just hear them just tapping on the, and I'm freaking out. And I'm like, man, I can't even sit outside. Like, this is, this is bad. What about you a know? bug zapper? But what if you got one of those bugs? I, bu- I have a bug zapper. It, you know, it's pretty good. I've got, it's got a collection of moths and all kinds of bugs. So I actually appreciate the bug zapper. And then I've got one of those sticky bug things where they get stuck on it. Like, I'm telling you, man, I got an arsenal over here. They, they want to come at me, bro. <laughs> come at me, bro. See, got a zap for you can't you. have the light. You just got to be okay with being in darkness and they'll avoid you. Once, they're, once you're in the light, then they're coming to the light. And if you're in front of the light, you're in the way. They're messing up my whole Zen thing, man. My whole balance thing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, we like light. Well, you're darkness to me. You scare me. Okay, you you scare me to the depths of my soul, bugs. So <laughs> outside of accepting some spiders, what other tactics have you used to try to like manage it? Because how do you go to patios? If, say you have a date and he wants to go on a patio and all of a sudden. That's exactly what happened. Like in the moment I would, you know, you feel it, it, it hits you and you don't know what it is. You don't you don't mm-hmm. know what kind of creature has just kamikaze your arm and you don't care. You don't care what hits you. All you know is your arms are flailing about, right? And you're done for the night. The citronella candle has failed. (laughs) The tiki torch, citronella tiki torch has failed its work. The zapper has failed and you've been attacked. By some random critter, I don't want it. I'm, I'm, I'm not having it. So I have, yeah, I, I just sit in the house in the summer. Okay. I don't, I can't do it. Okay. So indoors, how do you handle it? Do you, do you, are you the killer, or do you have, do you hire your son to come take care of any? You know, I've actually started. I started employing him as he got older because he actually picked up my. That's actually, I'll tell you the truth. So I did kind of control it for a little bit because. You don't want your little boy going, right? You don't want your little boy okay, so you, freaking out. <laughs> so you got to put on the strong mom face. You got to, you got to. Yeah. You can't let him know that if he carries a roach and just puts up in your face, that it's on that you're. That, that I'm not going to freak out. Yeah. I'm like, oh boy, look over here, son. There is a roach mm-hmm. on the floor. This is madness. And you hold it together. But if he's not around. I'm losing it, losing my cool, mm-hmm. panic attack. So, uh, but no, I, I I calmed it. So if they, co- but if they come inside, I've actually gotten a little better where I can take the broom and, you know, mm-hmm. smash them and it doesn't creep me out as much. But if it catches me off guard, I walked into the bathroom one day and there was one in the shower and it, it had to have come up the drain and it was like this big, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> and I freaked out. Uh Somehow managed to get it down the drain. 
I overcome it. It's it's moment. It's you know, it's moment to moment. You, yeah. You've had military training. You should be able to overcome. Adapt and overcome, soldier. Come on. I don't know, man. Ryan, there's just some things that, you know, I'm still a lady. <laughs> still a woman. This is Not a- to like group all women into yeah. being afraid of bugs, but sure. I just I don't know. You can be that way sometimes, but at some point you gotta have the you gotta let the military training take over. You gotta take you got you gotta just be calm in the face of pressure. It's been ten years. I think I I think I've I think I've deprogrammed <laughs> <laughs> to, to over to overcome all fears. <laughs> don't have like a military flashback and you're all of a sudden back thrown back in. Jacksonville, Florida. Back in Jacksonville, you Florida, kamikaze. You hear your little flutter of wings and all of a sudden you're back in Jacksonville. Oh, where is where is? I'm, I'm, I'm rocking back and forth <laughs> in a corner. Bugs will get me. Cause I would be I, I would be afraid, like especially since it's a son. Like he would totally prank you. Like he would totally, if he knew how afraid you were of bugs, use that to his advantage, at least just to mess with you. I don't know, Ryan. I you know, this does feel kind of therapeutic and cathartic to be able to tell someone. It does. And I, I've learned by doing on stage, like that's kind of like, oh, this doesn't feel half bad to kind of admit that I'm afraid of this or that or and I've always had these moments of fear and I'm like, huh, I can just talk about that. Well, I'm, I remember you telling me about it. And I'm like I said, I'm, I'm happy to see it come to fruition. It's 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 a good because your comedy is like, you know, it's it is so. I don't know how to explain it. It's just so personable. Like it's mm-hmm. easy to connect with, you know what I mean? And so I think the idea of you helping people really get real with themselves and, you know, tapping into your fear, like yeah. that's the, that's as true as it gets, you know, but it's really cool to see this manifest for you, you know, from the time that you told me about it. So I, I could see this being a, being a thing. Well, thank you. We all need to get comfortable ta- talking about our fears. Absolutely. And we need to get comfortable talking about society as a whole instead of being nervous about what the other might think. And that's exactly that's why I love what you do. It's it was such a it's such a great deep dive. And I can't say that enough that that it come it doesn't it's not a bunch of this is all this and this is, you know, yeah. You go from both sides of it. And, you know, there are there are some truths growing up in a right wing household. In its simplest forms, there are some value to the conservative mind, which is less government involvement. You have more control over what right. you consume as far as resources and things like that. Right. And I do believe that. Now, I, you know, I'm not fanatical about certain other you know, parts of that, and I don't, I'm not part of the religious forefront. I yeah. do love religion. I do think there is a as you said, a tribe for that where it's, you know, it definitely does serve a purpose and there are, there are very good things that come from religion. But I don't use that as a basis for a way of life. I use the values of being a good person and being kind to other people, but I don't use scripture. I don't use things of that nature or quotes or anything like that from it as much as other people, but I do believe that there is value in having some, yeah. a similar belief, but I don't believe in, in, in an ego, as, as you said, a collective ego is that my religion's mm. the only religion. And I, exactly. think, I think that that 
I would love for communities to get together with all the religious leaders of Muslim, Hinduism, Christianity, and just have a class where every kid can go. This is a this is an intro to Christianity. This is what we believe. Mm-hmm. This is what Muslims believe. And, and instead of saying, you know, only one religion gets paradise, we all have our own paradise. Each religion yes. has has its heaven or hell. They ha- they all you're all every religion kind of teaches the same thing is if you're a good person, it will, you know, good things will happen to you. You will be rewarded for those good things. It may not be monetarily. But you will be rewarded with either a clean conscience, at least, or the the love and respect of your peers. Yeah. No, you're all that. Exactly. And I think that, you know, that's wisdom. Wisdom says that at some point this universe started and all things that have gone forth are going to go until infinity. And the little perspective that we have right now on Earth is just it's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the truth. You know what I mean? And if, if truth is infinite, then we don't have, we really don't have much of a perspective given that there's worlds upon worlds upon worlds, Mm -hmm. dimensions upon dimensions, you know, and we can get super deep on that. But at the end of the day, I think people have to, they have to live in their truth. And I say, just look for wisdom, Mm -hmm. you know, look, just try to know all that you can know about it, but know that there's infinite other ways to see it. Yes. And since since you said look, I thank you for doing this. Where can people look for you on social media as well as Mental Speak? Yeah, so Mental Speak, uh, at Mental Speak Radio is on all the, is my handle for uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter as well. I don't, I, I probably need to tweet more, uh, but nonetheless you you know please come find we we're building a tribe and the tribe is for people who want to think outside of the box it's for people who don't want to just buy the face value story or, mm-hmm. and you want to stay open yes. and you want to explore that's what that's what we're here for so at mental speak radio awesome sundays FBRN, uh, dot us, which is Fishbowl Radio Network. Uh, we're a global network, 6.2 million listeners a month. Join the tribe, Sundays 5 to 7 p.m. And I thank you again for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. Thank you. So that was Latanya Davison. Man, this is one of my favorites so far. I've kind of held on to this one because... It has been one of my solid faves as far as the interview process has gone. Check LaTanya out on Fishbowl Radio Network. It's Mental Speak. It's a fantastic radio show. She's got 10 years of sociology. She's also a veteran from the Navy. So she's definitely got a ton of experience, and it's just a fascinating deep dive into society and why people say what they do and other little tidbits of knowledge and of things that she's noticed as far as society goes. Things like the dialectic. So definitely check her out on the Fishbowl Radio Network. Thank you for listening to this show. We're almost at six months, 26 episodes. So episode 28, because I released three on the first day, will be our six-month anniversary, basically. It's hard to believe we've already gone half a year on this podcast. I thank you all for listening. 
I think any suggestions, all the reviews I've gotten, if you do like what you've listened to, be sure to leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts that has a reviewing platform. Um, I have a bunch of guests lined up for February and March, a lot of comics, a lot of podcasters, hoping to get some musicians, artists, and other folk involved in this process, because everybody's got a fear outside of comedian Devin Clark, who claims he has none, and maybe we'll have him on to discuss how he's just not afraid of anything. But as for me, um, still, we're sitting at home right now with the coldest Valentine's Day on record, it's negative, or not negative, but it's like single digit degrees here. It feels like negative degrees. It is ridiculously cold. Um, the roads have iced over. We had some accidents earlier in the week regarding, you know, freeways and icing. Um, my condolences to anyone that were in that 135 car pileup on Thursday. We had some shows canceled. My shows at the end of February are not canceled, so come check me out at Hyenas in Dallas, a Mockingbird station I'll be featuring for the very funny Eric Myers. It'll be a great show. I recently did my headlining set, which was really awesome to know you have 45 minutes of material. Now to work on just being more present in the moment and just being a warmer, more connecting human being. And that'll come in time. I thank you guys for listening. Next week, we'll have another guest. So keep checking us out here on Some of All Fears podcast. And now some credits and thank yous for the people that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater, who does my graphics and design for my comedy as well as my podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhite2o. Get it, Whitewater. Also, a big thank you to Gunnar Olsen for my music. You can follow him on Instagram at gunbuns, that's G-U-N-B-U-N-S. You can also check out his website at gunnarolson.net, and you can check out his awesome EPs and some music he's got coming out. Real excited for him. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio on all social media. That's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O. If you want to follow the show, I highly recommend it. Instagram and Twitter is at Some Fear Fans. Facebook group is Some of All Fears. If you want to, if you have questions for the show or feedback, email me at SomeFearFans at Gmail. If you want to be a guest on the show, also email me at SomeFearFans at Gmail.com. We can make that happen. Please keep leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen to. I, appreciate, I just appreciate seeing that people like what I'm putting out. So if you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a review. I appreciate all of you for listening. And next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening to The Sum of All Fears. <laughs> <laughs>